You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, I am another year older this week. One year older. You got a whole year older in a week? In one week. I have to turn my chair now, so it's going to make a scraping noise. Okay, listen for the scraping noise. Hey. Enjoy the scraping because, noise. Because, and you're going to like grunt, uh, because I hate that other freaking chair. This is not about you, it's about my birthday. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll skip over <laughs> you and straight to me. Well, happy late birthday. Did you have a nice birthday? I did. And we went to see, I'm going to discuss this in the before the after the show discussion, we went to see Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, which is the new Superman movie, and I really enjoyed it. We're going to review the movie when the Blu-ray comes out, so we're not going to go into detail, but I can say I enjoyed it, and you? I've seen, I enjoyed it. I've seen lots of Superman movies in my lifetime. I've seen them all. All of them, yeah. I have seen all of them, and I really liked this take on it, because it was surprising to me, the way it was told. You know? And I have I'm, a good time. And I'm a Zack Snyder fan. I will reserve all comments until we watch it again and review it. I do definitely think it would be a good one to watch again, actually. You know, there's a lot of detail in it. Well, if you want to say one thing, there's one really bad beard. <laughs> That's like the worst thing of the whole movie. I don't remember. One really bad beard. beard. Yeah, his beard in the beginning. Oh my god. Was it patchy? It's not just patchy. It's like I went to the store and got me a mask at the Halloween store with a beard and I glued it on my face. It was really shitty. So, not that that distracts from the rest of the good movie, but there you go. (laughs) It just, it was like, oh my god, I couldn't get over it. Was it when he was on the oil rig? Yeah. I do remember him having a beard, but I don't remember him back. I don't know, it wasn't. Maybe it was burned on him. (laughs) Maybe it was something to do with the fire. I thought, couldn't you just have grown the freaking beard? Maybe he did. And it just looked really bad. But yeah, I really... I, Don't I let that, that's not my review of the movie. No. <laughs> There's a bad beard in it. It's man of beard. <laughs> uh, it was a... Beard of man. It was a good movie, though. I really, I really liked it. It was um, It was kind of everything I wanted in a Superman movie. I want... I said to you, Superman, put all the other superheroes aside. He's the best superhero. Because... You know, I'm not sure if I agree with that. Well, to me, you've got, like, Iron Man and the Hulk, and Superman could just... They're nothing. They're yeah, nothing. It's not like a supernatural power. He's just that... He's just a, from some list. But his power is so good. Everything else is nothing. He could just end the world if he wanted to. That's how super he is. I mean, his power is... Uh, about the movie itself, at the beginning, when Russell Crowe was... I'm not going to spoil, mm-hmm. but when he was... Mm-hmm. And then he said, he will like a god to them. Mm-hmm. That's my favourite line of the whole movie. Because he really... It's... You know, I, I think of Christopher Reeve spinning around the yeah. world. and One of the greatest movie scenes of all time. And that's not... You can't argue against it. So don't try. Absolutely. He's so stricken by grief and like he's torn up. Lois is in a hole in the ground. And he just freaks out. And then... If anyone hasn't seen it, he goes out into space. <laughs> it's totally plausible. 
There's a bit of a tribute to that. Flies around the planet so fast that he reverses the spin and makes time go backwards, and then he can. And I just think it's like it's. it's every time I've watched it on YouTube on purpose, just be like, I want to see that scene again. And I just think, I don't don't care if it's a little cheesy and it's not perfectly done, like as far as special effects go. It just is like the impact of that. That's why you know he's torn up about it, man. He just goes for it. And there's a there's a moment in Man of Steel where he yeah yeah where I, I feel like Superman's the weight of everything on Superman. And he just has to, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I, I think, I think he's the best superhero for me. Tony Stark's just this little wimpy dude who makes these little robot suits compared to Superman, you know. Yeah, because if his suit suit doesn't work, <laughs> yeah, he's screwed. Isn't he? He's and and the Hulk, you know, he's super strong. But Superman, the Hulk's nothing. He's like a rubber doll to the Superman. It's like Superman. he can't think through what he's gonna do, whereas Superman can plan. Superman his is super action. Superman is it basically. See, now someone's going to challenge you and make you go down the list of all superheroes and all superhero powers for you to argue your case. Yeah, well, Superman's my superhero. Um, Is it because of the tights? No. The tights or the type? Tights. No, not the tights. He'd be all right without the tights. He doesn't need the tights. See, you like him. Oh, I see. You like him no matter what. Yeah, he's he's this... (laughs) That's a very manly statement. I like Superman with or without the tights. <laughs> with or without the tights. Can leave them on, take them off. Whatever. <laughs> You're fine by me. Anyway, moving on to this week's podcast. It is Saturday, July the 13th. Unlucky for some. 2013. Why is that unlucky? It's Saturday. The number 13. It's unlucky. It's not Friday. The and it's also 2013, which is unlucky. Yeah, but and it's 7-13-13. And it's after the show number 213, which is unlucky. It's not. No, it's 282. Not. <laughs> 283. Three. All right, so the movie we're looking at this week is Spring Breakers, which is about as different from Man of Steel as you can possibly get. And it's a 2013 movie released. It's going to be released, or it has been released, on the 9th of July, so you can get it now. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Lionsgate Entertainment. The tagline to the movie Spring Breakers is Spring Break Forever. And it's rated R, as I said. And Sid Talk, synopsis of the movie Spring Breakers. Hmm. Let me think. I'm going to be kind to some characters that I don't, that I just don't like. Okay, some piece of shit girls go on spring break. A couple of them, pieces of shit. And, uh, want to have a good time, but they're also actually kind of, I think... Just wanting something else, and in the process, meet a very unsavory character and a very unsavory side of where they've gone for spring break. So it's not just all, it's like no matter where you turn, it's all bad, all debauchery. But they've, they've gone into a flip side of even more debauchery. And it's kind of just a look at that, like a flimsy, if you want, a flimsy look at bad choices based on instant self-gratification or if you want to dig deeper we'll discuss I'm sure okay so um I didn't know what to expect from this movie aside from I knew who directed it and I knew a project they'd done before which kind of gave me a oh okay um, it kind of in fact if I didn't know he would have been involved 
the cover of this makes me look like I, you know. Exactly. Never watch this movie. Exactly. Apart from James Franco, maybe. Just, you know, I'm always interested in James Franco. So, um, I have to say, I really love this film because, and I don't know why, it's something in me where I like these, what I liked about it most was like this hypnotic way that it, it works, the movie. It's like got this... It's not like a standard movie. It's not like, here's some girls, and but it is also. But it's got this kind of wavy, kind of dream-like quality to it, which I fell in love with immediately, because it opens with um, Skrillex's uh, scary, nice sprites and scary monsters, whatever it's called, and they're all spring-breaking on the beach, and it's this big dubstep number. And then it goes into this when they're at college, this kind of hazy look at them in college, looking at the laptops and the mm-hmm. the lecturer doing his lecture, and then this hazy kind of preacher guy, this kind of heavy metal-ish looking mm-hmm. preacher guy. And I knew then that it was like not what I... That beginning scene, it's not that. You know, this... It's not, it's not Spring Break of 1983. It's not Spring Break the movie. It's something else. It's not Justin Kelly at Spring Break. Yeah, it's not that from Justin to Kelly, which is what from Justin is that is that a gender change movie? What is that? But no, this is something else to me. And as it went on, this hypnotic state, and it's down to it's it's the visuals and the music mixing together. There's not a lot of dialogue in this movie, you know. It's just kind of sparingly used. But the way it was put together, like, really serves me, like, my my taste in movies, you know. It might not be the topic that I'm interested in, but the way it's presented to me, I really liked. Now, I thought it was gratuitous at times and really, like, self-indulgent at times, but then there's... I'm nodding, by the way. There's a scene in the movie where the character played by James Franco is sat at a piano. And he start, and, it, and it sounds really weird if you just say it. He starts to sing the, a Britney, everything, the Britney Spears song. And the girls who he's with start to, like, pirouette and ballet dance with... They've got rifles in their hands and ski masks on. And it's really weird. And then it cuts to the actual Britney Spears song with, like, all this violent stuff going on. It's, like, powerful in a way. I don't... It was the mixture of, like... See, that was a scene I felt was like, oh, come on. Yeah, but to me it was, like, the mixture of, like, this sweet Britney Spears song and then this weird... I don't know. It it felt like a music video at points and then other points it felt super violent it's really powerful I don't know I really like that scene a lot I didn't find it powerful at all because it was as with a lot of elements of the movie intentional or not it's like a caricature of a of an idea even which is even, which is even more indulgent than a caricature of a character like he's a caricature of who you would imagine as the only white guy who was raised in a black neighborhood. That's, he says it, not me, and that's his thing. He's that dude. And he's a huge caricature of what you think of that guy. He's not Drexel, if anyone knows. And he's not Slim Shady or whatever the hell his name is. You know, my eight-mile guy. M&M, he's a caricature of this idea, of that character. And then the idea of what he would find... 
mesmerizing. These girls with the pink ski masks and the guns dancing around. That's like a, that's like an overblown and making it so it's not a fantasy makes it obnoxious to me. But it I is, and, that, and that's what I liked about it, just because of how it, it felt bizarre and really overbold. Bizarre I like, but bizarre and... And it also felt like it was crossing a line that, that like, is pretty uncomfortable. But I could also hear some voices in the background going, oh my god, that looks hot. That makes it really pop. I don't feel I that they felt... was the, the filmmakers were saying that. Oh, I do. James Franco said it twice, just in his interviews. I've heard about James things. Franco say that about a lot of things. Right, but he's part of the movie, so that's why I, I was drawn out of that a little bit. Like it's a, it's just uh, you know. I liked how it was. It's super uncomfortable. It crosses this line. It feels wrong when you're watching it. It's weird. Like they're just the kind of caressing the guns in this weird sexual way. It's odd. Right, um, and that's why it's not odd, because it's so extreme. Right, well, to me, it did something for me, in a way. It Really? Not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting a spink ski it did mask, something and for, I'm not buying a gun. It did something for me in this weird... It, it was the song... Like, I, I'm a lover of songs in movies. I see, I don't even know that song, I don't think. Yeah, and I really know that song. So, I'm a lover of songs in movies when they're used... Um, and it's not the right song, but it, it fits perfectly. But that's not even clever. I mean, a clever use of it would be the visual would have to be at least down a bit. Like, it's just too stark. Like, okay, you okay. this is one of my things of committing. It was too much not really awful and not cartoony. It was right in the middle, which, like, if you want to talk about natural born killers, that's over the top. At least it commits to being fucked up completely with music and visuals. This one just... It doesn't... It's like, oh, God, a dude watching some girls dance around with things and guns, and then this music. It's it's an interesting visual, but then intellectually, it's like, oh, how lazy is that? Intellectually, yeah. But there is stuff we'll talk about later running... There is undercurrents to this movie running along about us as a species, and... I'll tell you this. If they had at least had some blood on them, like... To indicate even that once to commit to being even more horrific than what it's not even horrific ultimately. But I even you, think that that was something that kind of the fact that they were so pristine and like these weird goddesses to him that are dancing around is that was the image that I was kind of like, oh, this is really right. And I wasn't yeah. convinced yet that he was that much of a menace or that screwed up in the head that this was convincing me this is his fantasy come to life but so that was another break in it for me whatever the Britney Spears song added to it it added a lot to it for me because it was the wrong song at the in at the right time if that means anything if that's, that's right. not new is it new it's content. not but when it's done well it often I latch onto it kind of you know it's um there's, there's also there's the music in this movie I have to add I, I just went out and got the album actually nice it, it's um it's really impressive. Now, it's um, Cliff Martinez, the guy who did the music for Drive, which is my favorite soundtrack of that year, as well as film. And Drive has this sensibility about it, this weird, ominous tone to it. It's slow, and it's got this music that builds the mood, and he does the same thing in Spring Breakers. And, and there was a really good... Um, I don't really like watching the way they put music into movies in featurettes, but the featurette in this one where he was showing you, here's a scene, and look at this, look at the vibe of this scene, but what I do with the music in the scene makes the scene even more weird. 
Right. Like, the music's wrong again for the scene. Like, it's wrong, but it's right. So I think I felt the menacing stuff and the mood of the music. You know, that tension of, oh, something bad is going to happen. And you feel that. I felt it all the way up till they meet James Franco. Alien. And in that moment, and in the next few moments when he kind of starts to speak, then I'm just like, okay, there's no, there's danger, but this is cartoon danger, and I'm over the tension. I'm just now waiting for whatever one bad thing's going to happen that could happen. And I was, I was, the tension was gone for me completely. So I think, I don't know if it was the change in the music. I don't think it was, because a couple of the scenes were still pretty, but then it became just... Not it didn't have that nice balance of. It's almost like when you're watching the girls, you know they're jerks already. A couple of them, three of them. So you already know that they have potential to get themselves in huge trouble. Either get whatever horrible thing they could do or get done to them. And then the color and the look and the music and it all kind of danced around each other just right because everything's hidden. You don't know yet, and then all of a sudden you get this like doom. A dude with gold teeth, talking shit, da-da-da, in this really, really, to me, not saying he didn't do a good job of it, I'm saying there's just no depth at all. And, and, and then I think all of that sudden, was the point. All of a sudden, all those things, it was almost like, in the beginning, I can see it all connected just right, and then at that point, everything became separate. Oh, that music sounds cool. Oh, that looks cool. And this idea is cool. Whereas before, it was like... Oh, it's all working together, and then cracked it all apart. And then I had I struggled at times to keep that sense of like, oh gosh, you know, like I feel like your back is up and you're kind of crunched up. Like, what terrible things gonna happen? It's definitely next? an uncomfortable movie, and some of the most uncomfortable parts for me were, and they're not even uncomfortable to watch out of context. But the scenes where the girls were on the phone to their mm-hmm. parents. Amidst what's happening, you know what's happening. And grandma. Been, yeah, you know what's been happening. And it's just these we- these scenes of them stood telling grandma or mum. how they fine. We're fine. I'm sorry, I've not phoned for a while. While you know what is going on, really. like, And it, and, it, and they change their tone. They're all saccharine sweet again. You know, after this, they've not been saccharine sweet for some time. It's And it's this odd, like people losing themselves completely like they go there yeah. for one thing and then they're what there's something completely different yeah but you keep you keep skipping over the fact they're bad to begin with they are bad. they to didn't begin. go to spring break and get led astray no they were horrible people to begin with so when they get there you already know they can be enticed by a specific thing whereas their friend is kind of like a push up against it the whole way, and you know, I mean, they're kind of obvious. I like how they handled her too. Oh yeah, in the in the screen, screenplay, like how it wasn't all goody two shoes, but no, she wasn't. And it like, wasn't ex- it wasn't what I thought. You know, I'm always thinking, okay, there's the straight one who's gonna like if tell- it was a horror movie, she'd be the last teenager alive. Yeah, <laughs> or she'd be crawling the, out she'd of the, be the basement one giving with the, the blood speech all over to the face. others. But that's not how it works here. Like she, she you know, she. That, that there's, there's so many creepy scenes, but that creepy scene where James Franco is talking that one to is her, good. pulls that her to one really side, good. and he's just like really in her face, and he's saying like, you know, I really like you, really, yeah, it's I'm weird, stroking it's, her and, face, and, and she's kind of like, and knowing the kind of girl she is in real life too, like she's, yeah, that shouldn't influence you though. No, but it, afterwards when I was watching the extras, I was like, and they said about. 
Because they've established in the movie, she's more... Religious. I don't think she's religious, though, because she's bored. She's not really listening. She's not religious at all. She's just there because. But at least she, we've seen I mean, she, that she's a side bit more morally... We don't know that. We only know that she's been... Someone's having her go there. You can feel it, Grandma. Now, then later, in her parents, somebody's making her go there. So at least she has that. But yeah, that seems really creepy. Plus, Just- that I'm not trying to be, like, really saying that he's using this, but she's the dark-headed girl, and the others are all blonde, and he's flipping around the, you know, the blonde, or the white versus dark, you know what I mean, like, black hat, white hat, so she's got the dark hair, but she's the good, angely girl. They're all the blonde, evil girls. Well, one's pink, but mostly blonde. Yeah, and it, there's just so many creepy scenes, though. I, I was creeped out and, like, kind of weirded out by a lot of James Franco's scenes. Because he really takes it, like, to this other weird... The scene, the scene what you were talking about, where he's jumping around on the bed. Saying, look at my shit, look at my shit. It was funny, because it's, like, ridiculous, kind of, what he's saying. But then, when you think about it, him as a character, it's not funny at all. It's him. It's his... It's what he lives for. Like, it's his yeah. shit. Like. It's and, his shit. <laughs> and the, the guns... Yeah. That just showed me this other side of him, like like another fucked up bit of him, like it, it was all You said the F word. I'm not Well, the I only think bad. it's appropriate in that uh, <laughs> yes. in that scene. And that's even that scene, like you and I see it so different. I was like, Okay, okay, of course. The most extreme thing that would get him off and make them hook up with each other. Okay. It was uncomfortable to look at though. It was I, uh, but I wasn't convinced. Perverse? In On any way. way, shape, or form. I wasn't convinced they were being dangerous or being flirtatious. I wasn't convinced that he was buying into it. I was just sort of flatlined at that point. Right, and I was totally while. convinced on that. Like, right. I, that and the, like I say, there's a lot of scenes like that where I was like, wow, this is really uncomfortable to look at. I really appreciate that in movies because I don't feel like we get it enough. Um, I, I'm not saying I want every movie to be so uncomfortable I can barely look at it. That's why I didn't... Get, I didn't fall into it because I wasn't uncomfortable enough. It was very it was almost a clean version of what that situation could be. There's nothing there's nothing harsh going on. I mean, yeah but no. There's no actual it's like toying with it. Yeah, but it's still non-committal. No one got hurt. No one nothing bad happened. The payoff isn't there. He decides to you girls, whatever. And so that's where I need, like... I like the surface. When they talk about the surface, the surface. I love it, though. Because he, he does this weird thing with these guns, which we won't say what he does. But then, the second that event has finished, he's like, I just fell in love with you two. It's like this weird... This, that's what I mean. That payoff didn't do anything for me. I, I was just, like, I obviously... Like, yeah, I know, but I just like the... The, the surface, what he's talking... Like, just the... It's not really about anything for him. Like, it's about his guns and his bitches, as he calls them. That's what it's literally nice. about. You know, it's there's nothing else. Like, it's, it's just this... Yeah. Gold teeth, funny car. Funny-looking car. His car was quite funny to me. Cause but then, because actually. I know people aren't that. But, people have depth. No matter who they are, they have depth. 
and I don't get. I'm sure any there are a lot of people without any. No, everyone has depth. Everyone well, he had has, some depth actually, which was you get a little bit of yeah. it. Yeah, little tiny bit. But I think he was. And those hiding are the best the moments. When he says things like, when those tiny glimmers of James Franco being that character, but not being the like clown version. Those were the best menacing moments, but as a whole, I didn't feel scared of him. I thought something bad's going to happen in relation to him. But he was ultimately afraid, and he wasn't the guy. You know, he had to talk himself in to do bad things. So I didn't feel scared from him. So I think that took away a little bit of my, like... I didn't feel scared of him. I just felt weirded out by him. Just his way. And like, I wasn't weirded out either. I, fe- I needed something really weird for him to have done or shown me in the beginning for me to then be The kind of guy who hangs around a court room. If they'd shown, like, a dead body in his closet or something of another spring break girl in a bikini, then maybe I'd be like, okay, now this guy has bad... But other than that, then he's got a bunch of guns and some money and some gold teeth and... and drugs. Drugs. And yeah, I probably did bad things to get there, but I'm not seeing it. And some weird twins. Yeah, I didn't give a shit about them. But still, it's, it's just seemed a Again, bit... Again, they made it cartoony. His whole vibe was a bit weird. And whereas the beginning, I'm, I was lulled into, like, the that dance around of girls going to spring break, bored with life. Oh, you know, you feel the spiral happening. Where something... It, I feel the tension. I feel something bad's gonna happen. Oh, here's the bad guy. <laughs> then you're like, oh. He's not that. He doesn't. He doesn't float into that. Thing. So what you would say is you like the first half of the movie, but not the I second. I like it. No, I didn't say that at all. I like it all. I'm just saying that my me being sucked into it, it just fell apart at one point, and then I had to work at really like, and I really like like the music, love it. I really do. Loved every the vibe each time you get a different tune or a different. Yeah, that you know, music. Yeah, like cuts into you, explains what you're seeing, not that you need it, but this is one of those movies that's very visually connected to your cultural understanding of the music, all that kind of stuff. And I was genuinely interested in the outcome of each person, but not... If you'd turned it off halfway through, and then I was like, oh, well, we'll just have to watch it later... I would be fine with that. Not because I was tired of the movie, but because I wasn't that concerned about anybody. Like, but I... I well, maybe only two of them I cared about. <laughs> I actually cared about I also liked one. how the director um, showed you the scenes of spring breaking, as you would say, beer mm-hmm. bonging and doing drugs and stuff. So much and so interspersed at the beginning. Like, um... Here is it going on, his boobs, his asses, his bongs, his drugs. Yep. And then it again, and then again, and then again. As, as some, And it's like this hypnotic way, as much as like you're just like bombarded with it. Uh, as, and then you get to a point where it means nothing anymore. It's like I imagine somebody exactly. in a spring break, which I really like. Because that. their goal, they wanted to just go to spring break. Right. So their idea of fun was all that. That. Boobs and stuff. But then once yeah. It's just normal. And then when you contrast it with the potential of this other world. Right. Then the spring break part start you you see the the menacing part of that. It's like there's no not one's not better than the other. One's not worse than the other. If you would have been just spring breaking 
And we see the one girl kind of go off on her own in a horrible scene with a bunch of dudes around and just getting completely wasted. Yeah. And you're just like, that was a scene where I felt the tension again. Yeah, it was weird. I was back in it. I was like, oh, and the girl's talking in the pool about how this is it and they want to be here forever. That it got me back because those guys anonymously surrounding a girl who's completely wasted in her bikini and the music's playing and they're just goofing around and you don't know if there's danger or not, but it seems really menacing. I like the way they did it, though. Um, it, not to spoilers, but it's not exactly what you think might go yeah. down. But I like the powerful way she... Yeah. Even, you know, that situation seems hopeless. Yeah, but exactly. Because there's these weird dudes who have got what, what jock straps on They're not weird, though. They're just dudes. Yeah, just dudes, but they seem... it's Dudes drinking and standing around. It, it always seems a bit weird. Dudes, you want to... Screw somebody. Yeah. And she's, you know, this chick in a bikini. You know, it doesn't look like that could ever end well. That's it. Correct. But the way it's portrayed to you, it's not exactly... There's a lot of it's not what you think it's going to be kind of thing. And that's why I think... I bet you there was a lot of people who went to see this movie thinking it was one thing, and when they get there, it's not exactly what they wanted from it. Um, Because it is more artistic than a standard no, I don't think. Movie. I think you see it different than a lot of those people will see it. If they're going because they think it's a spring break movie, they're just going to eat it up and just be like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. And you can, you can, and that's why I like it. There, there is that level of going, oh, tits, look at his tits, look at his mean that. I mean, drugs, the whole of it. The, the artsy part of it, the music, the guy, the girls being like, to them, they would be, like, super hot because these chicks like guns and they're bad girls. But and... there's an undercurrent of what have we become. Oh, they won't get that. I know they won't get that, but I'm saying that is why I... They... Pre- None of them will get That's that. what I appreciate about this because it's, like, focusing on something, it's, like, it's not one thing or the other. It's like, this is where, you know, Kids is the same thing, actually. Mm-hmm. The movie Kids. It's like, just looking in on these people and you you can, can't even look at them sometimes they're doing so, such bad things but then you realise something made these people that like they're you know why why do young girls think spring break is the ultimate thing ever why you know somebody instilled that into them be it MTV be it popular culture be it something something made them think that that is exactly what they want to go and do and nothing else yeah. matters. Just that. That's the only fun times they're ever going to have. So it's like a you know, a product of us somehow. You know? MTV probably get a lot of blame from it. And then you're going to say that he is a product of that too. That he was raised in a way where people convinced him that having gold teeth and having money is on the, the bed way to and be. drugs and guns. And that's it. Like, don't care about people and don't, you know, everybody's going to screw you over. And and it, he does have a speech of that, doesn't he? Like, I only, I'm here for the money and the shit. That's what I'm here for. And I've made my, fuck, what does he say? Fuck the American dream. This is the American dream. Like, guns and money. That's as far as it goes for him. And that's not, probably not him speaking from the inside. That's this facade exactly. thing that he's lived through. But we don't get any of the inside. That's my problem with him. I don't get a moment of bridging the gap between the caricature that he's made of this guy and who who he is inside. And this guy likes characters. I mean, you know, 
Faith is the most complicated person, not because she's the least... She makes the smallest choices. She doesn't do anything outrageous, but even then, she's more complicated because she, you know that she has a bit more foundation, but you can tell she wants to break out of it. She's the one that says, I just want to see something different. I don't want to look at the same people in the same place every day. So spring break isn't her goal. No. It's, it's like something that, and then she says, I've found myself. I've found who I am. She sees the world in a very naive way, and yet she dabbles in it. But she actually has a very centered thing. I feel like something bad is happening. I need to get away from it. Find her the most interesting person. And usually I wouldn't. I'd find her to be a throwaway person. But she is who she is. And you see her from the inside out. And like I said, the other three girls are not who they are. They are a product of something that tells them they should be that. Right. But the thing is, nobody's that. And that to not give them any other depth. Is my was my problem with them because I couldn't give it. I couldn't give two shits what happened to those girls. I'm not saying that if your 19 year old daughter goes and does these things that she deserves bad things to happen to her. But if she's making these choices, you didn't teach them right in some way. <laughs> something went terribly wrong, yeah. and inside of them, if I haven't seen some redeeming quality or be convinced that they're just rotten to the core, because I have neither of those things. Then I don't care. Like, I'm just waiting for the bad... I didn't want to think bad day happened to Faith because it felt like she was at least awake to all the different things going on. So I just feel like he shallowed everybody up a little bit. So moving on to the cast here, James Franco plays Alien. And it is a really interesting performance, I think. It's mm-hmm. it's not the James Franco you know. It's, it's a it- little... It's a little not great sometimes, let's be honest. I mean, there are moments when, even on the bed scene, it's just... It, it's not scary. It's not anything. It's not even crazy. It's just... It's kind of weird, though. Indulgent. Let James Franco do what he wants, regardless of whether it is really convincing. I enjoyed it because it was it was kind of wacky for me. Like, it was... Right, and wacky isn't appropriate for this. He needed to be horrifying well, or... Well, no, I found wacky kind of even more unnerving in that situation. Like, I... Wacky with some sense of menace, yes, but not just wacky, period. I mean, he's not wacky as in, like, some of the shit he says is scary. Just the connotations of what he's saying. For example? Just about, like, look at my shit, that whole thing. Like, look at this knife, I strapped this on and... uh, Oh, you think that's scary? Well, the connotations of it all is, like, like I've got all this stuff to use. It's not just... Oh, no, I disagree with you completely. He does not have any of that stuff to use. No, I think he's done all kinds of shit. Absolutely not. He's got all that stuff to show you. He'd be scared to use that knife on somebody. He'd be scared to get those nunchucks See, off the I, wall and fight with somebody. I, I couldn't totally say whether he had or he hadn't because we don't get... I didn't say he hasn't. I'm saying yeah. he... I think him and the twins have done some bad shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I oh, think See, I think maybe the twins did it for him, but I don't think he's got it in him totally. I'm not do, convinced. No, well, I just... He was just freaky. Drexel? I mean, I'm convinced. I mean, and he was just freaky... <laughs> There needed to be something. The young girls around him, it was... That is... It's creepy, and yet it's not... Uh, it's not one extreme or the other. You know, not that I wanted him to hurt anyone, any of these girls, but I'm saying, if you had seen him threaten or be actually harming someone at any point, other than the one scenes where they're doing their thing, which is horrible enough, but you're also removed from it. With the music and the montage, you're kind of, like, separated from it. Like, I think it's meant to be, like, da-da-da, look what they're doing. Like a dance. 
But I have no, I'm not convinced of his thing yet, you know? So that broke it up a little bit. It kind of woke me up out of the nice lull I was in. Um, I feel like the, uh, being in a lull kind of uh, in this movie is good, though. I, think yeah, I know, I'm saying he woke me out of it. Right. Because I didn't, I couldn't stay in it anymore. So the the girls are played by um, Selena Gomez plays Faith, and these are like interesting casting choices because of who they are. Um, Selena Gomez is from Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, a Disney show. So she's, you know, a, a Disney groomed kind of actress singer, and then Spring Breakers is so far away from that. <laughs> it makes it even feel more kind it's of not tourist or tourists, tourista, tourista. <laughs> It makes it feel even it's more... It's on its way. makes it feel even more perverse, though, in See, a way. See, tourist is not great. Touristas. Tourista. It's not great, but at least it commits to being what it is. Yeah. But this it even makes it a bit more perverse for me that it's these... <laughs> that it's this, you know... But you shouldn't think of it that way, because it can't... She's not her. No, she's I know, but I think that was the idea of casting these girls. Because these are girls who you know in this certain way... And then look at this movie, you know, look at them in these parts. It could be any of your daughters. Mm. You you see your daughter as this crystal clean, well, this, on spring break, this could be her, right? You know, it's not... Oh, true. It's a fine line between the two types of girl. Um, so, I think she did a really good job, um, Selena Gomez, actually. It was... It, she was the most interesting of all the girls. I thought so. Um, Vanessa Hudgens. Hudgens? Plays Candy. I do always say her name twice. Because I can don't know how to pronounce it exactly. You say it exactly the same way twice? Hudgens? Hudgens. And that's fine. It's Hudgens or Hudgens? No, it's just Hudgens. Um, that's it. And she plays Candy. And she's another Disney girl from High School Musical. Um, so, you know, her, Ashley Benson, and Rachel Kareen, who's actually the wife of the director, all play the girls. Um, I think they played them really well. You know, like you said, they're pretty despicable, these three blonde mm-hmm. girls. Um, two two blonde girls and a pink girl. <laughs> but I f- they didn't feel unreal to me. Like, I could under- I could hear the com- the conversations they were having when they were just standing around. Conversations, yeah, but then the extreme moments. <laughs> that shit was I could like- see that. That's a product of something, though, isn't it? That And that was... The idea of that is interesting. Like the like the first girl, where she's always doing the two-gun yeah. thing. It's from music videos, it's from movies, it's a product thing. It, she's got that in her. Like, it's like James Franco's took it to that level. She wants to she's go. Lurched. So she's even more enamored by him. She wants to get lost in that thing. Because of- he is like, oh, he is the guy who holds the guns and says pow pow and stuff. He is that guy, so... Showing that slowly at the beginning where she's doing mm-hmm. that to her friends, it's creepy as shit. It's like, there's a lot of creepy stuff. It was creepy. And then it loses its creepiness as the movie goes on because of the... It stops being creepy when she's dancing with a gun and a pink thing on her head. To so, me. so this is directed by Harmony Kareen, who was the writer of the movie Kids. Uh, Larry Clark directed Kids, but Harmony Kareen wrote the script. Um, and that is a creepy movie. It's super... It's not creepy like the people might think. It's not scary creepy. No, but there are some scenes in there that are just... It features the idea of how AIDS would spread amongst young, don't-give-a-shit people. And it's, young Is it people. Chloe Sylvani in there? Mm-hmm. It's really young, though. Yeah. 
oof, that scene is brutal. It's brutal. You don't. You don't. You do not want to look at it. No. You don't want to look away. It's, it's like irreversible. It's, it's that you don't movie want to look. where you don't. It's that feeling that I like in movies sometimes, which I feel that I don't want it all the time. Like I've said to you, but sometimes some directors go over the line and you're watching and you really want to put your hands over your eyes because it's like oh my god really they're going there and then they do go there and then it's there's something to be said it's powerful you feel affected yeah I did not feel affected in this movie at all I did in parts there were parts where it crossed the line for me um not as not in that way like irreversible right that's what I'm saying though in kids and irreversible that's it they've freaking committed to like the thing you don't want to I mean normal I will speak quote unquote around my normal but a person with the rational compassionate sympathetic brain <laughs> doesn't want to see these things and yet it's presented to you and you're you're thinking to yourself I know it's a movie I know it's a movie I know it's a movie and yet you're seeing this thing played out in front of you and then you're affected as if it was real like you just saw that horrible thing happen this movie I doesn't even I don't even touch on it. Like there's none of that to me. Because it's too when you think of irreversible in kids, those are real, real when you're watching that, it's like you're convinced it's happening. How could that not be happening? Did they film that happening? Right. Like this is all very choreographed to me. Well, it's stylized, isn't it? Really. Not just stylized, but But there again irreversible is very stylized too. It's just the moments of violence right, but it doesn't and stuff feel... seem real. Yeah, but I don't see it as choreographed, and yet it is. But your brain isn't wasn't telling me that. I felt completely afraid the whole time. So the interesting thing about Harmony Kareen as a director is, you know, even the movie Spring Breakers, it says a Harmony, Harmony Kareen film, like as though people will, oh, Harmony Kareen film, go see that. I'm not being funny, but I think pretentious people will think, oh, Harmony Kareen. But he hasn't made that many films. Exactly. Um, if you go back and look, he's made a few uh, Trash Humpers and Gummo uh, the most famous ones he's made but even them they're not famous movies they're very obscure independent movies um, he's done some music videos for a group called Sonic Youth from the um, you know you know Sonic Youth from the grunge era and he has done David Blaine's TV shows directed them so it's kind of a you know he's done a lot of short films as well kind of a mixed up and down thing but he's not a household name by any means. Not Certainly not a movie that you, you would go, mm-hmm. oh, how many Korean movies? Made me now, after watching this, if you, you know. I didn't... I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird, because like, I was expecting to go back and go, oh my God, so many gems from this guy. But it wasn't that. Like, So I don't know. I don't know how he... This movie is a real departure from anything else. It's like a bigger movie. It's got, you know... Hollywood stars in it. It's he's never done anything like this. Um, a really awesome cinematographer we have to mention. Who um, irreversible? The movie we've mentioned several times during this. Not a mainstream and, movie. Don't no. rent it with any children, even within five miles of your house. I mentioned it lots of times Please. during after the shows, right? Don't even watch it while the children are in bed. But um, Gaspar No, Gaspar No, who. M- directed that film has a cinematographer who is the cinematographer on this movie so the reason it looks like it does dreamy floaty well not necessarily because that's post-production so we don't know if he had anything to do with that he did because I was just reading up on it it's his the way it's lit and looks is that cinematographer and you you can see similarities in 
Irreversible. Irreversible's got this floaty camera that is kind of sickening in a way, though. Well, and that's it spins, on purpose. It, Remember? It, yeah. The first few minutes is meant to make you feel sick. It spins. There's it a noise floats. that happens and a visual thing, and his intention was to make you feel. Now, this isn't sick. quite as extreme as that no. camera, <laughs> but there's definitely a visual feel. There's even black light used in some scenes mm-hmm. um, that gives it this weird kind of dream. Miami look, like yeah. you said. So, um, DVD extras, or Blu-ray extras in this case, there are quite a few. There's the making of Spring What's Breakers. A DVD? Yeah, what is a DVD? In <laughs> fact, you don't even get one with this. You just get a digital copy and a Blu-ray. So, there's the making of, which is... Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, because you get to see... I said to you, I was watching the making of, and about halfway through, Harmony Kareen kept saying stuff. And I paused it and said, I just love this guy, because... He's not Hollywood guy. Like that's now he was saying things like I want I like to you know, it's not about like making a narrative. It's about feeling like and capturing something or making you feel something and But then at the same time, because I've listened to so many artists artsy people and artists like vision you know, fine arts and and after a while, I'll be honest, it all starts sounding like bullshit. Because it's like this completely indulgent. Like when they, when two artist people are talking to each other, it's almost like they are in heaven. Because someone actually gets all their jargon and their feelings and everything. And after a while, I like the concept. But even the way he talks about it, it's like you could see him at some... I was with him when he was saying it. That's, I was with him, but I mean, after a while, it's like... I get it. You want to make movies that are yours, that are artistic, that are not the Hollywood... What do you say? Noise after, you know, all the noise that comes yeah, out of Hollywood. Exactly. I get it. And yet, I also just... I tune out a little bit to artsy people after a while. And I'm an art person. I could probably talk like that. But it all sounds like you've just gotten stoned at a party and you've all got these intellectual hats on and you want to sit there and, like, muse about your... Well, I like you know, the way he said he everything. likes to make movies like... Almost like a song with choruses and verses. Mm -hmm. And I feel that from this movie. That's how it feels. It feels like, here's the slow part. Here's the energy. Here's the... It's this... I see it as this, like, sine wave. It's this up and down ride. It's like a... Say a roller coaster, but more like a... Like when you look at a WAV file. It's more (laughs) like this quiet and then this huge you know it's like that it just feels like that it's wavy it feels like you're on like you're moving all the time there was a there was a trailer for train spotting before this movie and there's a movie that feels energetic yeah yeah. like it feels like this feels it made me want to watch it really yeah this feel this has i can understand why they would put a train spotting commercial at the beginning of here because it's also youth yeah misguided energy um, well, no, I mean, the, the theme of the movie. Yeah. Like a misguided idea of what life is or isn't. Because it starts off with, like, life. Well, you've got to see it. That, I'm changing my recommendation for the week. <laughs> so, um, there's also... So, that's the making of. Uh, it's in three parts, but we just watched it as one thing. So, it's probably about 20 minutes long. There's a um, theatrical trailer. One interesting was Selena Gomez did talk about... That she has been doing her interv- interviews and stuff and telling her fans and parents of the fans who will be watching her interviews, this isn't the movie for you. Don't skip <laughs> this one. And that she had a kind of a 
emotional problem on set because a lot of her young fans were coming to the set knowing she was there. You know how people are freaky about that stuff. And it made her feel really, really worried about it. Because she didn't want so to see anything. Or... Yeah. And um... Then I feel like he just talked her into it, which is kind of creepy in itself. That the director then tells her, this is our movie we're making. This is a good, the movie we're making. But I get that too. Like the paparazzi. Yeah, but it's like if this she feels of... that bad about Oh, I'm not talking about the paparazzi. I'm talking about the kids coming. And he's trying to talk her out of kind of staying connected to that idea. So trying to like a little... He's doing the same thing Jamie Franco's doing. Like trying to lure into this world that maybe she won't be glad about later on. Like, why did I ever do that movie? Why did I let them depict me smoking pot? Why did I let them depict me dancing in my bikini with sweaty boys? You know, like... So um, I felt like that was a little bit too to life there. There is a deleted scene, just one deleted scene, which is a weird scene where this man has to yeah. take his pants down and they, and they look like at his, his cock penis. for a while. Yeah, it's really weird. I, it would have fit in the Too movie. Too comical. That's why. I feel yeah, like... it never broke into that, did it? Ever really? That they were like that. They wouldn't not like that. That wasn't. Um, then it there was. It, that's what I'm saying. It didn't commit to them being that outrageous. Then there was uh, Harmony's Ear Candy, which is actually a really interesting feature about the music, and it speaks to. It doesn't actually speak to Skrillex at all, does it? He's not there. But it does speak to um, Cliff Martinez, and he talks about how he puts music into movies. Is Skrillex a real person? Yes. <laughs> and how um, he crafted this one in fact he's what it seemed like it seemed like he didn't do this for any money to me because he was like oh i don't know he was joking when he said that do you think oh yeah um and this money this movie cost four million dollars to make and it's got some stars in it not just a few stars there's quite a few people who would normally get big money they can't have got much money for this movie i feel like it might have been a not unless all their money's gonna come on the other end of it you know what I mean? Yeah. Their salary might have been $10 million, but you're not going to get it right now. And then there's... Um, Vi- I, don't know, I don't have no idea how it works. Then there's Vice featurettes, which are kind of weird. And I don't actually know what to think of them. Me either. Um, did you the, look it up to see if it was real? I didn't know because I didn't care that much. The ATL twins. It's like a documentary about them. And they're these two twins in the movie. They're white guys who have this black rapper kind of vibe to them oh, grills on the teeth I thought they were not that rapper type at all they just wore the grills and they well, dressed they, they like gangsters they mentioned the W word quite a few times they get accused of being that right, so right. yeah you're right the W word <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're so politically correct you won't even say the W word <laughs> if anyone... the W in front of the N <laughs> put a W in front of the N word the, that word <laughs> the W not N word yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if they're faked if they're just two actors doing that, or... I didn't It was care. so ludicrous watching it, it seemed ridiculous, but then I kept thinking to myself, it's so ridiculous it could probably be real. Kind of like James Franco's character. Because we don't identify... We don't connect with a lot of people on the street in uh, huge cities, really, here in the Midwest. There are people... Here, too. But, I mean, that live lives that we cannot... No. I, I get it. I don't disbelieve it. I believe it completely. I've met some super characters in my life, but these are two dudes who they're trying to sell you as being real. Weird. 
And they were there. If you've heard of the ATL twins, then fine. If that's right some now, big but... thing that we don't know about. Yeah, we're not <laughs> we're not tapped into that. But yeah, the way the documentary thing came across was like it was a spoof. And exactly. Then it, and then it wasn't a spoof, and then it was a spoof, so I was confused. Precisely. So. Um, but yeah, that is on there if you want to see it. So um, that's the DVD extras. I highly recommend Spring Breakers, and I was... I don't think I would I looked to the cover of that movie and I thought I'm going to hate this movie hate it with everything I it doesn't look like the type of movie I would like but then James Franco changed your mind on Howard Stern and said it's not like the movie you think it is and then you were like oh okay no that wasn't it it was more I was reading the press release and I saw the word kids and I thought oh okay maybe it's not what I think and it's not kids it's not like that either but it's something, you know, and this this would be a weird comparison, if you had to put a comparison in. Um, the guy who made Drive, it's a bit like Drive, and this is being, probably being too generous. I disagree. And it's a bit like Tree of Life. So it's like... Ter- oh, I totally disagree. So it's like oh Terrence Malick meets... Oh, no, no, you are now crossing over into just ludicrous. What's he called, the Drive guy? Ludicrousy. That's totally... There's no tree of life. Not even touches this. I'm just talking about the filmmaking. No, there isn't. It's not. That's my opinion. It's wrong. (laughs) It's clearly wrong. From an artistic standpoint. It isn't at all. Malik is like... I'm not... I mean, Malik's God to most people, but... Not to me. I'm saying in this movie, Malik in Tree of Life... There is no similarity. I'm here. talking he about commits to every single thing. I'm about talking it. about Malik's cinematographer then. So like floaty camera work, out of focus shots, interesting lighting, interesting framing, all that stuff. Yeah, but there are James Bond movies that have that. Well, and the last one. Some others too. So I don't think that's reasonable. Right. It's probably not reasonable to you, but to me that <laughs> it, it reminded me in a way of both of those things. It's it's like an artistic Gangster movie. It's not that artistic. It's colorful. It's got some filters. It's got some, like, really good close-up, like, intimate shots that you don't get a lot of times in movies that I like. Lots of focal and depth of field stuff where it's blurry and then really grainy and then, But you you hate that. You think that obnoxious. It it worked really well in it. And And it worked really well in Tree of Life. There's certain movies where the dreamy, like, visuals work. And I thought it worked in this, and it shouldn't because of the type of movie it is. Like it, I feel like it was successful for big chunk and then not, and then a chunk and then not. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Music, um, if I had to have a problem with it, it's uh, the ending for me was a bit ludicrous almost. It was a bit... Mm-hmm. But I get, I get it. But I wouldn't have ended it the way it ends. I would have ended it actually differently. Because it was a bit... But it matched that whole... The whole part of the movie from the time you meet him until that. It all matches. So I wasn't surprised or let down or anything. I feel like it was all like a miss. Just just like ever so slightly not... But then it's his movie. It's the way it's supposed to be. So... And, and you know, if you feel something during the movie, I think... And I did. Definitely. And it was a lot of times down to music and the visuals along... I felt something a little bit disconnected from the movie, but because of it, is that, like my advice <laughs> will be, I'll say it now, like just don't ever let your daughters ever, 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 ever go to spring break. Not saying this would happen to <laughs> It doesn't, it's not that spring break is what happened. Spring break is like a red herring. It doesn't, it doesn't, 
it isn't the thing of the movie at all. They're there because of Spring Break, but the Spring Break has nothing to do with what's going on. But it made me realize the... Because then after we looked, I looked up some news stories and you, your daughter's 18 years old. She's a freshman in college, you know, 19, probably by the time spring break rolls around for a freshman year, she and her friends are going down to Cancun and you're like, oh girls, be good. Take your money. Da, da, da. Keep our phone number. Da, da, da. And if you are clueless, like if you're actually disconnected and thinking that your daughter and her friends are just going to go have a good time and they're going to be safe. Maybe they will, but they're going to be surrounded by horrible, nasty people. Dudes who want to fuck them, girls who don't give a shit, lots and lots of booze and drugs and, and debauchery everywhere. And I'm sure there are millions of girls who go to spring break and come back fine, but there are... But just don't When go. we just looked it up then. Just don't go. Just have your own little spring break. <laughs> if you want a change of scenery, uh-huh. go somewhere else. You know, if that's the whole concept, I just want a different a change of scenery, then go somewhere else. Just don't go to spring break. When place. you need a change of scenery, girls, you don't need to be in a hotel room with men in jock straps <laughs> with a beer bong. That's not a good change of scenery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you're, if you're delusional enough to think that that's not what spring break in Clearwater, Florida or St. <laughs> Petersburg, Florida is about, then you're a parent who has not done your research. Like, when I was watching... If the- your daughter is about 10 or 11 years old right now, I think we know who I'm speaking to, little flower daughter, uh, just keep this in mind. In the next 10 years, she's not going to spring break. I don't care if grandma lives there. It she does. I, when I was watching those scenes that. in the hotel room of that, and I was thinking, are young youngsters sat here going, oh my God, I just want to, I want to be in that room with yeah, those dudes doing exactly. that beer bong. It is awesome. And I was thinking, that looks hellish and nightmarish. Why would anybody aspire to it? But there's people going, yeah, yeah like I yeah. want to do that. Who leave the theater and go home and get a beer bong out and like do the same shit. Yeah. And while, like you said, millions of people party every day, I'm not opposed to partying. I used to be a huge drinker person. And my thing was more like going to bars. I don't think I've ever been in a scenario parties. like that in my entire life. Beer bong and naked people? No, that I remember. No. I don't think so. I don't think it's a British so. way, actually. I mean, I've been in rooms <laughs> where people are screwing and blowjobs are being given and cocaine is being snorted. I've and never been all in kinds that of shit. Oh, yeah. But... But then the thing is, my perception at the time, my if I'm even thinking about it, I'm thinking, it wasn't as debauched as this, and yet I'm describing it, it like that. Worse. <laughs> but I was young, and you're just like, okay, well, that's not me, and I won't be doing that, because I never snorted any cocaine or anything like that, and I didn't give a blowjob in public, nothing. No. So, but that's it. My brain doesn't process it, even now at 45. I don't see that, those times, as being as, like, now when I'm watching this movie, I'm like, oh my god, if either of my nieces ever went through anything like this at all, I would just, I don't even want to know about it. So, in conclusion, I recommend it. I recommend you it. You recommend it. Yep. I recommend it. But uh, just because uh, we mentioned Irreversible doesn't mean you need to go out and get it. It's not for everyone. No, and it is, um, well, no. It's a challenge. So, contest this week. You can go to aschoolie.com, win some Blu-rays. You can win Dino King 3D and Six Souls on DVD. You, what? How far from debauchery and can you get than 
Yeah. Dino King 3D. Yeah. If you want to go and win, go to ASCULI.com. <laughs> you just have to answer a simple question, fill in the form, and you will win a Blu-ray or a DVD. Uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Not the original Evil Dead, which we did recently see, which we could actually um, also tell you about next week. I think we should watch the next, the, all of them before next week. We saw three. We reviewed it. It's after the show number 100 and something, I noticed. But, um, Still need to see him again. Yeah. I do. Yeah, so we have to go and pick up two from the store because yeah. I don't have it, and uh, I am not paying nine ninety nine. Hey, what did you get for your birthday, by the way? You never said. Uh, I've not got to that part yet. I'm just oh. on the Evil Dead is next week's <laughs> Blu-ray uh, movie game, which is called Movie Year, which we play at this point. Um, so, what, Movie what Year? Is... What's a Movie Year? Movie Year. Movie Year, for the American people. Movie Year is right. what the Manchester people say. Movie Year. So my uh, question to you... Which I love, by the way. I'm not insulting you. What is movie year? Movie year is that one of us does a movie, and the other one has to figure out, not guess, and not look it up, what year it was released. After watching Spring Breakers, you you might feel kind of dirty, and you need a wash. <laughs> so I, I came up with a movie that you won't, and that's Fifty First Dates. Oh, it's got tropical... It's got change of scenery and tropicalness. Um, what year, really what year did that come out? Oh. I'm going to say 2002. Two years wrong. 2004. Oh, oh I was going to say 2005. I would have been closer. But I felt like it was longer ago than that. I thought it was way before we moved here. No. And yours before. is? Mine is Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. 19... Oh, Maggie, you start off with lots of confidence there. 19... 46. Think again. Is no. That is it for I, that's, you only have one. Go. You can't just keep saying... That's years. seven years off. Same year as Wizard of Oz. 37. 39. 39. Yeah, imagine. 1939. And they pull up I was going massive, to say 37. Beautifully colored. Just incredible. Was it color? Mm-hmm. All right, well, so... yeah. Was the Wizard of Oz color? Yes, partially. <laughs> no, it was all colored. The first part was colored in... Sepia. Mm-hmm. Correct. Actually, James Franco is uh, in Wizard of Oz. His movie was partially colored, too. They actually did the beginning in black and white on that one, didn't they? All right, we've seen Franco twice this year now. Oh, my God. So... Only twice? Movie recommendations this week. I am going with two um, feel-good movies. The feel-good movies of their respective years. <laughs> Irreversible <laughs> and kids, <laughs> and yeah. If you're having an evening of watching those two, you might you might need to do some drugs <laughs> yeah, because maybe. we're talking about sexual assault and AIDS. These are the two least cheery topics, almost other than like war, yeah, and term terminal disease. Well, AIDS is a terminal HIV is a terminal disease. I'm saying. It's not a cheery duo. No. You stick, stick 51st dates in the middle, at least. Well, they actually both are applicable to spring, spring Breakers in a way. Yeah. They're kind of connected. They dig deeper, and the narrative isn't like... Well, I'll tell you, my one of my recommendations is Spring Break. The actual Spring Break movie 1983. from 1983. And it has the narrative. The boys are going to their favorite. They've been going to the same Spring Break hotel. And this is 83, remember, so... We're pretty much, not innocent days, but a little bit, pre-MTV hyping it up days. Um, and their favorite hotel 
is going to be is owned by this dude who they all everyone knows and likes him, you know, and he's about to be bought out by some big conglomerate or something and tore down possibly. And I've seen the, this movie, right? Where the boy's dad is involved because he's like a rich dude, and of course they have to stand up for mm-hmm. it. And then the one dude meets a girl, and they play the song that I love. The you know, I forget it now, but you know the one I'm talking about. That song from the eighties. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't think of it, but. I never knew that come a day. I don't know that song. <laughs> I'm saying to you. Da, 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 do, da, da, Is it Peter Cetera? No. <laughs> he did every song in the 80s, right? Peter Cetera. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. It's Night Ranger. <laughs> I don't know. But um, somebody will know. But that's my great rendition of it. So Spring Break, like to me... The Spring Break movie. I'm sure it's horrible. If I watched it, it now, I should find it on Netflix and watch it. But um, it probably lasts about five minutes. But when he goes out to get her a Coke and then he can't find the hotel room, then he can't find her and it's really sad because you're like, oh, we want him to hook up because she seems like a nice girl. And then the next thing you know, they're waking up on the beach together. It's innocent and debauched all at the same time. And my other one is True Romance. And I don't care how many times I recommend this movie. This one, my excuse is that Drexel is the... The white guy with the dreadlocks and the bad attitude, really bad. Played by? Gary Oldman, who's one of my favorites, of course. Um, even if it's just that scene alone, Drexel is worth it. No, the so, whole movie's amazing. And Drexel, to me, is menacing from the instant I meet him. I feel threatened. He's sneaky, he's sly, he doesn't have the cartooniness, even though he's a bit of a character, but not... All the way out there. And you know why? Because Mr. Tarantino writes good characters. <laughs> and Oldman is... I'm not saying Franco's not, but I mean, Oldman is... He gets not just in it, but like... Ugh, you know? True Romance is a great when movie. he swings the light and grabs it. That's another oh. movie where the music plays a part in the... the you know the, the uh, scene in the comic book shop? It's one of my favorite scenes where they go and sit on the... You know what? It's been so long since I've even seen it. It's ridiculously embarrassing. I have to watch it. Too. You know where they go in the comic book shop and they go and sit on the mm-hmm. fire escape and that song is playing? That's a really powerful moment of... They go and see the Kung Fu yeah. triple bill. I um, can see every scene I've seen it that much. Um, so, yeah. True it's not that. a balcony. They're sitting behind a billboard. Yes, but it's on top of the comic shop, right? Uh, they go to the fire escape. They go to his apartment. Yeah, but he lives after in the, the fire, comic After shop. the comic shop. He lives in the comic shop. Does he? Yeah, above it. He lives at work. He says something about living. Oh, right. So never, oh, my God. That's like one of my top five favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Dennis Hopper's fantastic. Christopher Walken's fantastic. Elvis is fantastic. Elvis Kil- Kil- Kilmore. <laughs> Val Kilmer, fantastic, even though you don't know who Tony Scott. Was it Val Kilmer or Kevin Costner? It was Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Kev Costner. The reason I compare is because you never know who he is because they keep him in the background. Kevin Costner was the corpse in The Big Chill. Was never given credit for it, like, but I mean, he's the one that they're dressing up in, like, his scenes. What was that movie where they all dressed as Elvises and Kevin Costner was in it? Um, 3,000 Miles? Yeah, that was it. Kurt Russell? (laughs) Yeah, like a a heist movie almost, but. Yeah. But with Elvis, Courtney Cox. It was quite good. Kevin Costner was in it. Yeah, I believe so. I don't think so. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I see Kevin Costner in an Elvis suit somehow. Maybe I've seen him in something else. <laughs> Kevin Costner, Man of Steel. Correct. Here's my mother's assessment of Kevin Costner. 
You know, Bob Dylan's not very good. My mother's gone to a lot of concerts lately. Bob Dylan's he's kind of an old man, and all of his songs sounds the same. But Kevin Costner's band is really good. Yeah, because he has a band. Right? They're is really a country band. They're really fun. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Bob uh, Dylan, thumbs down. Kevin Costner, thumbs up. Right. BB King, <gasps> wonderful, tremendous. As my mother Elvis. likes to say, only <laughs> she <ever> saw Elvis. <laughs> she would have liked to probably. Surely she saw Elvis. She lived in the middle of America. Yeah, he came everywhere, right? He... No. Um, I thought he did. My mom had, like, three children by the time Elvis was dying. About to die. Oh, before that even, but I'm saying she was busy. All right, so games and Ace Gully stuff this week. I played, and this was, like, out of nowhere, The Walking Dead 400 Days. You actually watched the whole thing. It's only about an hour long, but it's like a bridging episode between season one and season two. Where you meet these new characters. Um, what did you think of it? I think it was an unfortunate way to grab a bunch of money. I, because it could totally be folded into the game. It's so brief. I feel the same way. And it was completely a trap for money. And I felt like that was kind of disgusting. Because it was a waste of your money. And B. Even though it's fine. But it should have gone with the game. And B. Did after, I say A? Yeah. <laughs> after playing The Last of Us recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the quality feels decidedly lower. But I understood that as soon as you yeah. started. I was like, I, I, I did, back. but it, it was jarring because we'd spent 20 hours with The Last of Us with this top-notch acting and the voice acting in The Walking Dead. Wasn't bad. No, but in this episode, I felt like it was a bit weaker than in last season. I don't know if it was... Well, I know why, because there's a lot of new people in this. Yeah. And uh, they introduce you to them all quite well. I just felt like it was a horrible tool of just going, I feel hey, like let's, it, let's nickel and dime. You it. know what? I feel like it should have been free. I think if you bought season one... Like a commercial for the game. If you'd bought season one, the season pass, like I did, it checks on your PlayStation account or wherever you bought it, and it gives you this episode for free on the promise that you'll buy season two because you like it. You know? I think you should Just give been, it to everyone free, and then that would All that. Or just you, give it free yeah. just to get you into The Walking Dead. It didn't feel like $5 worth of game to me. No. If, unfortunately. It felt like a... Now, if they'd have said, like, for 99 cents, you can get this, that would be totally reasonable. Because I liked how it worked. I think they're pretty good at making interesting characters. I'm rooting for some of them already yep. before I even know them properly. And I'm visualizing them right now. I can yeah. see them. I see their attitude. I think the technical problems on the PS3 are... On the, we've played it all in the PS3, and the season one had loads of technical issues, freezing up, weird stutters and pauses. This one hard locked the PS3 one time. Um, there's just some awkward pauses between people saying things where you can tell it's trying to load quickly. It's weird. Apparently, on other platforms, it doesn't do that, but on the PS3, I can tell you, it's not the greatest. Yeah, and experience. you just played The Last of Us, which is which like, can, it's it's like perfect. Yeah, it's strange, isn't is, it? Did it ever crash? It crashed. Last of Us never crashed, no. No, never. and it's totally like you're in it. Like, it never, never stopped. We had never had a technical hitch or anything. Um, but with this, it actually locked the console up. And we had that during the season one as well. Even though you love the Walking Dead game? I do. I love it. I love the season one. Um, this looks promising. It's not... I mean, it's a bunch of new characters that are in- sound interesting. Um, season two... I. I'm going to buy it. But I feel like the $5... Here's a quick $5. Mm-hmm. Here's a bit shitty. Yep. Um, a dollar? Absolutely. I think would be fine. If you were going to have to charge for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's the Walking Dead 400 days. You can get it now. And I Walking s- Dead, Evil Dead. I'm looking at the Evil Dead. All dead. So. Everything's dead. Um, talking of dead. <laughs> Great. This is horrible. Ryan Davis of Giant oh, Bomb yeah. actually died this week. If you don't know who Ryan Davis of Giant Bomb is, it's a website, um, a video game website, giantbomb.com. They've been going for some time. Um, but you have watched every day since... I'm a subscriber. I've watched it. I've... How many years? Since they started, whenever that was. It was, what, When we moved here, five, we built the movie ago. theater. Yeah. Because we had him on... He had just, that was the week, He just actually. got fired. Yeah, from, when Gersman got yep, fired. And he was on the TV when I took the picture. So Giant Bomb came just after that. Because didn't I build it pretty much the second year we lived there? So it's been five or six years at least. Yeah. So Ryan Davis was the... It's Jeff Gersman and Ryan Davis. They're the founders of Giant Bomb. A video game website. Right. So it's a website. So you would think, well, you probably don't know the people behind the website. But they do video um, game a reviews. A, a lot. lot of video. So... I feel like I know them both because I listen to them every week, I watch them every week, and... What's the equivalent of for a normal person? And I don't mean gamers aren't normal, but someone like if you're watching Regis and Kelly every I guess day. if you watch Larry King every night and all of a sudden he's dead, or Howard Stern, or... Yeah, I don't feel like... Yeah, but that's not really them. Well, Howard Stern, maybe, yes. Somebody you're attached to. But I'm thinking someone like Kelly and Regis because they kind of, like, spill their whole guts out to everybody so you for feel two like hours you know in the morning. Them. Yeah. So, he died. Um, he got He's married. He's only 34 years old. 34 years old, and he only he was on his honeymoon. He just got married. Four days earlier. Which is horrible. I've, I've, I've followed his wife as well as him on Twitter. I always have. I've followed all of the Giant Bomb people. And she seems really strong. Like, some of the stuff she's been tweeting out this week, I was like, I don't know how she can be no. functioning. You know, you she can also went, you can also easily type something that you're not really feeling. Well, she went to see. She said like yesterday, uh, Jeff Gersman stopped by to take me to see Man of Steel. You know, it was an awesome night out, and I was like, I don't even know if I could stomach a night out that soon after. If I died. Yeah, I, I don't know how I would. Oh. <laughs> and I feel really sad because you know Jeff's lost his friend and his wife's lost. You know, people don't know, but you're not an overly emotional person. But that's a very emotional thing to say. I mean, showing emotions. But for him, you actually were affected. I felt bummed for two days about it. it. It was weird. I kept thinking of things like, you know, just weird things like, well, when the new consoles come out this fall, I like to watch Giant Bomb's coverage. And Ryan's always really, he's not going to even see these things. He's not. First thing he said was, but Grand Theft Auto is like his favorite game. Yeah, I'll, never, like, <laughs> I'll never get to hear what he says about it. Like, I always listen to the Bombcast and, like, think, you know, I just like to hear what he says. He was the f- he was really funny. Jeff Gerson was really funny. They were funny together. It's not going to be the same. Like, there's no, you know, they back and forth off each other. And if you're at, wondering how did he pass, well, we're not 100% sure. It was, like, just a natural quiet causes. natural causes in his hotel room. And so it wasn't, like, a car accident or anything like that. It was still sudden, obviously. And on a honeymoon. I actually thought it was a joke for about half an hour. That I saw it on Twitter, R.I.P. Ryan Davis, and then I clicked on a link to Giant Bomb, and there was a big picture of him, and it said, "We've lost a friend today." And I was like, Did "Somebody hack them? You know, it's the internet, isn't it? It's, it could be any bullshit. Mm-hmm. You don't know, do you?" I was trying to tell myself it wasn't real, and then it just started filling everything. So it's just weird. It's a weird. It's our thing about when you're not... Not knowing con- somebody, but... You're connected to a person, even if it's... Like, I've known friends of mine 
know some people who just died a couple weeks ago in a motorcycle accident. Now, I didn't know those people at all, but I know my friends. And I've seen people post and I've seen relatives post about them. And I, you, you still feel it. Now, people die all over the world every single minute of the day. Horrible, horrible ways. Lose people, yeah. And they have connected people to them, too. So when it happens and it's, like, removed from you even once or twice. Like, you can hear about the plane crash and, two, you know, two young girls died. Another girl just died today. And you're like, oh, that's awful. And that's kind of where you stop. You might think about it. It might linger on your mind. But it's not the same as you watching this dude who you've never met. But you're, when people offer themselves up in these YouTube videos... And some are genuine, some are not. Theirs are genuine. Theirs are just, they are, from what you can tell, they are who they are. And you're almost like, I'm just watching a friend I've never met kind yeah. of thing, you know? So I understood. It's really weird. And, you know, James Gandolfini died a couple of weeks ago, and I felt weird about that. But this is even more personal because I didn't listen to James Gandolfini every week yeah. talking to me. This guy, I, you know... The, like I've said to you, the bombcast is like three hours long every week, and I listen to the whole thing over a period of days. So I'm always listening to them. And they did they did a podcast the day after he died, and it was really tough to listen to <laughs> because Vinny, one of the this Vinny, he started crying near the end. Jeff really held it together, but you could tell it wasn't right. it wasn't the best. He, I don't think he wanted to cry on the air, but you know he, he kept saying. Let's just talk about something nice that he did. Like, let's not talk about him dying. Sometimes when somebody's died, um, you feel like you've just cried enough. Like, you can't even bring yourself to it. And then you kind of you kind of get this reservoir of not crying. And you know that later, when I go sit on the toilet, or when I go take a shower, or when I go to bed, or when everyone else is asleep, I'm going to break the dam down and then I'll let it go. But for right now, I've just, I've had it. I can't let more water come. You get dehydrated. You feel like shit. And I think that that can happen to you. So they just did a whole podcast where they just celebrated him, played old clips, you know, talked about funny stories that nobody else knew about, like just weird little stories about them going to E3 and stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting. You can listen to that on Giant Bomb. They've got that up there. Um... On my birthday, I got some games on Steam. On a happier note. Yeah. So this is like um, Steam are having their annual summer sale. It actually started on my birthday, which was... I think they arranged that on purpose. I'm sure. <laughs> so you bought me a couple of games, Space Giraffe and Far Cry 3, which I appreciate and will be uh, playing. Far Cry 3, the deluxe pack. Deluxe That's edition. Like sure everybody knows. <laughs> with all the DLC. Um, and the Steam sale is ongoing this week, and I've bought quite a few games and spent very little money because they've all been like eighty-eight cents, one dollar, one dollar twenty-nine. I've got a nice collection of games to play after this sale finishes. Um, so if you're interested in the Steam sale and you own a PC or a Mac, just download Steam, SteamPowered.com. Steam work on work on any tablets? No, just on gaming. You know, you need a machine that can play games really. Yeah, but they could have an Android version. And then you can buy. They have an Android things. version of Steam because I use it, and it but it just lets you shop in the store and look at all your friends and chat chat to them. Hmm. Um, it's a great service though, and some of those I, I bought three Tomb Raider games today for less than three dollars, <laughs> which is crazy because they're you know I, I've not actually played Anniversary, and that's a new one for me. So, um, so yeah, the Steam sale, and I want to say Tomb Raider what? Huh? Tomb Raider. What was the other one I almost bought for you? What's the other? What's some others on your wish list? I don't know. Far Cry. Resident 3. Evil. Resident Evil. Yeah. Um. I'm, 
I'm hoping that drops in the sale because I'll pick it up. Um, also, I want to say thank you to a friend of mine, Tim, for buying me a Steam game <laughs> for my birthday, and that was Bastion, which only, I've been playing all Only week. one. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, you're married to me, and he's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you'd think, after 13 years, your friends would be a little more generous. So no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. You know that, right? Yes. Okay. So thank you to... Uh, he's, he's actually called Epic Conspiracy on YouTube, if you want to go and watch his videos. He does, like, uh, Blu-ray, DVD... Uh, what else does he talk about on YouTube? Wrestling, fishing... made a fishing, grilled cheese sandwich. made a grilled cheese sandwich. He talks about wrestling, fishing... Um, all of your favorite things. Yeah, all my favorite things. <laughs> like the other, He's like your evil twin or something. Football. He talks about football. I love football. American football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Epic. And grilling meat, which, of course, is right up there on the vegetarian list of things to do. So, Epic Conspiracy on YouTube or Twitter. You His redeeming it. quality is... You bought me Bastion Correct. <laughs> no. I can tolerate the friends who buy you things. No, he's fine. So, <laughs> um, and we already talked about Man of Steel. So, Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Today will be Morningstar veggie burgers, french fries, peas, the standard, because I'm really, maybe a little bit of salad. <laughs> I'm not sleepy or anything, just that just came out, but um, maybe a little bit of salad left over from last night. And that's it. So, and if you don't, when we say what's for dinner, what we're talking about here is like, what, what are we talking about in a podcast? What's for dinner? Are we yeah. just telling each other what we're going to eat for dinner? <laughs> kind of. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it'll be something interesting. Sometimes it'll this be. This is after the show. And that is what we do after, after the, the after the show. Because after the show. We watch the show. We do the after the show. And then we eat our dinner. Right. And it's, I think that that's my contribution. You see, I don't talk about games and ace goalie stuff. No. And so, my, and you and already did your advice today. Sometimes I will give you lots more um, interesting foods than that. But tonight is veg- well. If you've never had a Morning Star veggie burger, some people have, as we know, have right. tried them. And if you can go to Target right now, Mister Epic Conspiracy, did he do that on a video? Yes, he did. Okay, there's another one. There's a video, Mister um, Epic Conspiracy, <laughs> <laughs> Sir Epic Conspiracy. Um, but they're quite delicious. I don't really care what anybody else says. I think it's bullshit when you compare them to real burgers because I've eaten probably more burgers than he has in my life, and I don't care that they're not. I don't the same. know if all targets, but we found a target this week when we were in on my birthday in a different town that had them all on sale for three dollars a packet. So maybe all targets. I forgot to look at ours, but right. uh, my advice. Uh, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> don't ever let your daughters grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> Do you know that song? Yes. You Mothers, don't let your babies grow up to be so Don't let your cowboys. daughters grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> okay. Or go to spring break. <laughs> Correct. Um, just let all the teenage boys all go down there and lurk over each other. That'll be fine. They can do beer bongs and... Be Buy them a beer bong and just let them do it in the bedroom, <laughs> oh like a God, like a no. slumber party with a beer no, bong. Let's. How about this? <laughs> let's look up news stories about people who die on spring break and show them that for a week and yeah. just leave it at that. They don't need to go on spring break. Give them some other exciting thing they can. Hopefully, do. They, if they saw this movie, it would put them off spring break because you wouldn't want to end up like this movie. I don't think everyone would be put off by it. I think you're idealistic. Mm, it put me I off. I think some nineteen-year-olds would be like, Argh. it would put me off. Yeah, but you're not them. All right, so let me remind you about our website, hayscully.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us on all the social networking places, Twitter, Facebook. We're not on Tumblr. Tumblr. I am on Tumblr, but I don't use it. I have a Tumblr page. So that doesn't count. I have a LinkedIn page, whatever that is. I have one. 
<laughs> Reddit. Yep. You ever get a know story? I on use Reddit? Reddit. Yeah, I've got an account on Reddit. Oh, you're kind of obnoxious. I use everything. Um, so yeah, catch us on uh, YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Music Store. If you want to get this podcast, the Zoom Marketplace or whatever Xbox like to call it nowadays. All the RSS feed, just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, you can subscribe there. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't forget to enter the contest on the page. And stay classy, Mr. James Franco. Very classy performance, i got to say. Not. You didn't tell him not to email me. Don't email Sid Talk. Stay I classy. Like, I like stay classy. <laughs> it's all about you. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure when you didn't, how you haven't captured that in the last few years, but... um. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, I might come along and do it for you. 